In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today the church has given us a uh, perfect pairing. Because today happens to be the Sunday that we read that gospel reading that we know so well about the demoniac. It also happens to be the Sunday of St. Erasmus of Cephalonia. And this is just by chance that the two of these correspond. You see, St. Erasmus, he was a saint in the 16th century, and he was originally from the Peloponnesus in Greece, in southern Greece. And he always pursued a very ascetic life. He became a monk, eventually went to Mount Athos, then he went to Jerusalem where he was ordained, and then he went to Mount Sinai, he came back to Jerusalem, was one of the lamplighters at the Holy Sepulchre, and then eventually went back to Greece and settled on the island of Kefalonia, which is on the western shores of Greece. And there he started a women's monastery, and eventually he lived out his life in asceticism, performing many miracles in the course of his life. His relics are to this day still incorrupt on Kefalonia. His entire body, the skin on his body, everything is there. Now nearly 500 years after he has departed this life. So truly a great miracle of God. And his, his relics pour forth a holy sense as well. But the reason why I said this reading was perfect for St. Erasmus because he had a nickname. His nickname was Kapsali. And Kapsali means the one who burns. And this was the name given to him by the demons because they would say as he was expelling the demons from those who were demon-possessed, Kapsali, you're burning me. And so this was his name given to him by the demons. And to this day, he is still a great and fervent intercessor for those who are demon-possessed. In fact, whenever his relics are processed around the island, there's a procession where people lay down on the ground so that the relics can go on top of them and they can be healed of whatever it is that ails them. So it's fitting that the church put these re this reading together for today. In the, in the Vespers last night, it said that he is the great physician and healer of the demon-possessed. So in the Gospel today, we hear another demon speaking. And that demon, or rather a legion of demons, says, What have you to do with me, Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God? I beseech you, do not torment me. These are the words of the demon to Christ. What we learn from that statement are two things. First is that he is recognizing who Christ is. He's recognizing that Christ is the Son of God. This is one of the more bold statements that we see in the Gospels, where someone actually says, this person here is the Son of God, meaning this person here is immortal, this person here is divine, is not simply human. We also, in, in the epistle of St. James, he says, even the demons believe. So we know that the demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And the second part of that verse is, and tremble. Even the demons believe and tremble. And that's the second thing that we see here. First is that he is saying that Jesus is divine. And second, he's saying, don't torment me. Don't torment me. Don't bother me. He's afraid. 
This legion of demons is afraid. This legion of demons that is causing the man to break open chains and to run around in the wilderness is fearful before Christ. So he says, don't torment me. So again, he recognizes his divinity and he doesn't want Jesus around. Why is he so afraid? Because he's been up to no good with this poor man. And this poor man has been living this wild, savage life out in the wilderness, expelled from society. One who is so vicious that the people are afraid of him. We have to look closely at this story because at first blush, this person is so totally different from us. This demon-possessed man running around with no clothes on, terrorizing the neighborhood. How could I see myself in that? Yet we can't distance ourselves. When we hear him say, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? We think he is so far from God. And yet these are my words. Because you see, each and every one of us are both saintly and demon-possessed. Each of us have the image of God and our fallenness. Each of us desire to do good and to pursue virtue and also desire to sin, desire to do evil. When my desire is towards sin, that's my voice. What have you to do with me? These are very startling words. And yet this is what we say to our Lord. What have you to do with me? Because there is fear in this demon's voice. He's fearful of the torment. And we might say, does God torment us? Yes, but not in the way that you might expect. God does torment us. It's not that God is doing the tormenting, but rather that we are tormented by the presence of God. When are we tormented by the presence of God? When we're in darkness. When we're doing things that are away from God's presence. Because you see, to be in the presence of the opposite is terrifying. When we're committing evil and we see good. When we are being harsh and cruel and we see love in front of us. When we want to hold on to our resentments and our vendettas and we see forgiveness in front of us. When everything that we're doing is ugly and we see beauty in front of us, all of this is tormenting to us. So yes, in this way God torments us. Not by any, actually doing anything, but by God being who God is. Goodness and truth and beauty and love. This is our torment when we are in darkness. And this is when we say, what have you to do with me? And why is this such a torment? Because we do want the light. I'm sure many of you have seen that uh, very dramatic video of Brant Jean, the brother of, uh, of the man who was killed innocently. This was in Texas. And he was in the courtroom. He's sitting in the, the box giving his testimony. And then he offers forgiveness to his own brother's murderer. And he asks to go over and hug her. If you haven't seen this, go look online and find it. But it's this beautiful witness of Christian love and forgiveness. 
And it's so in contrast to what we often want, which is what do we want? We want vengeance. We want righteousness as we describe it. Justice as we describe it. And so we instead, we see this video and we go, I want that. I want that light. I want to be able to do that thing that seems completely impossible from where I'm at. But so often we prefer darkness. St. John in his Gospel says, Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And again, these words of the demon, What have you to do with me? This is our torment, that we can't keep our evil deeds, our evil words, our evil actions, our evil thoughts in the darkness. It is tormenting to us when they are brought into the light. But God in His love for us exposes this to us. He exposes it to us. When I practice darkness, I hate the light. And I have those words of that demon. Yet in Christ, there's always hope. Because what do we see in the rest of the story? Christ comes and heals him. And what do we see at the very end? He's sitting at his feet, clothed and in his right mind. And these are very deep words. He's sitting at Christ's feet. So he is learning from Christ. He's clothed, and this is symbolic of the baptismal garment. And most importantly, he's in his right mind. The Greek word is sophronunda. And it comes from the root sos, which means to save. So he's in a saving way of being. He's doing something that is towards his salvation now. This is what the full meaning of that phrase, his right mind, is. Now you notice what the people did. When they came, they found out about Christ's great power, and then they asked Him to leave. In this way, they're no different from the demons at the beginning, right? They recognized His power, and they didn't want Him around. So we see even in those people, they're not all that different from the demon, from the demon-possessed man. But this is where we want to be, is where He is at the end of the story sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in our right mind. You might not have noticed this, but in the Gospel, he's in the same place at the beginning and at the end. At the beginning of the Gospel, Christ is coming into the scene, and the demon-possessed man falls down at his feet. He says, what have you to do with me? Don't torment me. And at the end of the Gospel, he's in the same place, still at Christ's feet, and yet now in his right mind. You see, he has come into the light, and being in God's presence has given him that light. The difference between the beginning and the end of the story is one thing. He is now in harmony with God. At the beginning of the story, it was opposites. He was practicing evil and in darkness, and here comes the light, here comes good. And at the end of the Gospel, instead, he is at one with God. He is in harmony and union with God. You see, my brothers and sisters, God has placed a lantern into our souls. 
He's placed a lantern into our souls, which is our conscience. And that lantern is there to lighten the way. The more that we let that lantern shine within us, the more that we hear our conscience, the more that we won't be tormented. The torment comes from our disunity with God. So may we be like the demon-possessed man at the end of the story, sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in our right mind. Amen.